It's good to be back in the house of God tonight, amen. My subject matter tonight might not be the most popular, but it's what God laid on my heart, so that's what we're going to do. I want to talk to you tonight about temptation, and I just want to be real tonight. I want us to be real to ourselves, okay? Everybody's tempted, even Jesus was tempted. The devil took him up on the mount. Everybody knows the story. The only way we could ever not be tempted is to be absent from this fleshly body. You should never be ashamed just because you're tempted because that's the enemy's job. That is the tempter's job is to tempt us. Amen? So just being tempted we should never be ashamed of. There's a lot of temptation in the world that we really don't struggle with. We're saved. We know we're not supposed to take part. And it's, it's just not a struggle for us. But there's, there's that one struggle that each of us have that we just seem to struggle with. Everything else is not a big deal, but there just seems to be that one struggle that is so hard. Amen? Everybody has a kryptonite. Superman, he has one weakness, kryptonite. You might say, why are you talking about a fictional character in a sermon? Well, we've got children in the house too, and if I can help them to relate to what I'm talking about, then uh, that'll be all right, won't it? If you don't understand how it works, ask your kids when you get home and they'll explain it to you. <laughs> but Superman, kryptonite only affects him when he gets close to it. As long as he stays away from it, then he's okay. I've been alive for 42 years, so I realize everybody has their temptation. That one struggle, that one thing that just seems to to be so hard for them. Let's just be real tonight, amen? We can try to hide it. We can try to put it in a closet. We can try to bury it, paint over it. The fact still remains it's there, and it's very real. Just ignoring it won't make it go away. Hiding it doesn't make it go away. I can hide things from you. I can hide things from the closest person to me. I can never hide anything from God. God has x-ray vision. He sees what exactly is in my heart. He sees exactly what is in your heart tonight. But I want to talk to you tonight about resisting temptation and how to be an overcomer. Matthew chapter 4 verse 1 Reads, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he was afterward in hunger. People prepare for war. We prepare for tests. We get ready for storms. We should prepare for that temptation that we struggle with so bad. Amen? We're falling in the same temptation over and over. We need to prepare ourselves. 
Matthew 4 and 3, And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So it's very important to be full of the word of God. That's what Jesus uses on the devil right here. On this tempter, he uses the word. So important to be full of the word. Matthew 4 and 5, Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against the stone. If we're going to be a real overcomer, we've got to stop making excuses for our shortcoming. Especially don't take the Word of God and twist it and take it out of context to try and make up for your shortcomings. And man, that's what the devil's doing here. He's trying to twist the Word of God. The Word of God is here to make us overcomers, not to twist or out of context or use to defend our wrongdoings. Matthew 4 and 7, Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again the devil taketh him up into exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And saith unto him, All these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Again Jesus put the word on him. Matthew 4 and 11, Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. What would happen if we actually resisted this temptation until we overcame it? The Bible says that Jesus resisted, and the angels came and ministered unto him. I've told this story in here once before. There was a man that had spent all he had for a piece of land in an oil rig because he believed he could strike oil. And he worked and he labored and he worked and he labored day and night till one day he got tired. A man came by and offered him next to nothing for it, so he sold him everything. Walked away empty-handed. That man dug two feet and struck oil. So I believe a lot of times that the angel of the Lord has a message in his hand waiting to deliver it to us when we're being tempted, if we could just hold out. Just hold out. Because the hour of temptation has a time period. And when that time period is up, it has to go. Just hold on. Now there's something I want you to understand. This, this temptation that comes to you, our kryptonite, it has a cycle. This is very important. We need to realize it. It helps us to be better prepared for it the next time it shows up. I know this ain't popular, but this is what God put on my heart. Prepare for war. We prepare for tests. We prepare for storms. Ephesians chapter 6 and 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. 
Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. We've got to be prepared. If we're not prepared, we will fail every time. The Word there shows us exactly how to prepare ourselves. Now, I know God has a lot of mercy. God has a lot of mercy. When we fail Him, if we have true conviction in our heart, we ask for forgiveness and He's... He's glad to forgive us. But sin separates us from God. And the enemy knows this. If you know me, I, you know I like to do demonstrations. So I'm going to use this sign. And I'm going to use this sign. The enemy knows that sin separates us from God. So if this is God standing over here, the exact opposite of God is sin. If you have to travel east to get to God, you're going to have to turn around and travel west to get to sin. The devil knows this. He knows that in order for me to turn to temptation and sin, I've got to turn my back on God. The closer I get to temptation and sin, the further away I get from God. But this also works in reverse. When I turn my face to God, I turn my back to sin. The closer I get to God, the further away I get from sin. Temptation. The enemy knows this. Temptation and sin separate us from God. Sin brings death, but Jesus Christ brings eternal life. We also need to stay away from things that, that trigger temptation. If we know it's going to trigger temptation, we should stay away from it. Amen? That would be common sense. If, we, if you struggle with something, why would you feed it? Why would you feed it if you struggle with it? When I was a kid, we were poor. And we were very poor. Sometimes we had to save up to be poor. Stray dog come to the house, mom would say, don't feed that thing. If you feed it, he's going to come back tomorrow. And we ain't got enough food to give him. If you feed that thing, it's going to keep on showing back up. Yes. 
If you want to overcome temptation, you've got to starve that thing to death. If you want to be an overcomer, starve that thing. Starve that thing that needs to die and feed that thing that needs to live. Proverbs 12 and 3, A man shall not be established by wickedness, but the root of the righteous shall not be moved. The root of the righteous. So what is the root of the righteous? Isaiah 11 and 10, And in that day there shall be a root of Jesse, which shall stand for an ensign of the people. To it shall the Gentiles seek, and his rest shall be glorious. The root of Jesse wasn't David. It was Jesus Christ. Amen. It wasn't King David. It was King Jesus. Matthew 13 and 3. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But others fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundred, some sixty, and some thirty. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Matthew 13 and 18. Hear ye therefore the parables. Jesus told the parable, now he's explaining it to the disciples. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. Where was it sown? In his heart. This is which receives seed by the wayside. There is a root of Jesse, and his name is Jesus. According to the word right here, the sowing and the growing are done in the heart. Amen? The sowing and the growing are done in the heart. So our heart has to be conditioned. We have to condition our heart, not only to receive the root of God, but also to allow it to flourish in our life. Do you understand the importance of the condition of your heart tonight? It's very important. Matthew 13, 20. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and on with joy receiveth it, yet hath not root in himself, but dureth for a while, for when tribulation or persecution ariseth, because of the word, by and by he is offended. He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word, and the care of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. But he that receives seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit, and bringeth forth some a hundred, some sixty, and some thirty. And let's drop down to Luke chapter 8 and 13. They on the rock are they which when they hear receive the word with joy, and these have no root which for a while believe and in time of temptation fall away. So the only way we're going to be able to stand is to be rooted and grounded in Jesus. And the only way we can do that is to keep our hearts conditioned to receive the Word. If you have a spiritual problem with your heart and you don't feel like 
your heart can ever be fixed. Listen, just listen to the promises of God right here. For I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all countries and will bring you into your land. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you. I will take away the stony heart out of the flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. What he's saying here is I can, I can change you. I can change the heart of a man. Amen? If he can harden Pharaoh's heart, he can soften our heart tonight. He has that ability. He's saying, I will take that stony heart and I will make it something useful. Maybe there's some of us in here tonight that feel like we are where we will always be in Christ. Maybe that's true according to the condition of your heart currently. But God is a God that is capable of changing the heart. God is capable of changing the heart, amen? Thank God for that. I think a lot of times when we we're tempted. We feel like God's there to beat us up, but He's not. Our, our Heavenly Father is for us, not against us. He wants us to prosper. He loves us. He's a good, good Father. So I take great pride in, in being a father. But there's no way I can be a better father than our Heavenly Father. There's a, there's a lot of good dads in here, a lot of good fathers, but there's no way any of us can be what our Heavenly Father is tonight. Amen? You can cuss me out. I promise. In 15 minutes, I'll forget about it. And the only reason I'm able to do that is because I'm 42 years, 42 years old. And over the years, I have learned that the only person it affects is me. So I've trained my mind to just let it go. Now, if you try to hurt one of my kids or my wife, I will stop you. That's who I am. That's what God's built in me. That's my job. That's what I'm supposed to do. I'll tell you a story about my little mother. She's, she's gone now. She's in heaven. She's about this tall. She cooked the best gravy and biscuits. She's always trying to feed us something. Always tucking us in at night. She was sweet. Always kissing us on the face. Just a very sweet mother. One night we came home and it was Halloween. And we all got out of the car, and the neighbors were having a party. There was a bunch of men up on the front porch, and somebody threw an egg and hit one of my brothers in the eye. And I seen something that I had never seen out of my mother before. She went from my sweet little mama to a lioness. She marched right up there to that house, 
and you could have heard a pin drop. She said, she got right in their face, said, I want to know who threw that egg. You could hear a man's voice crack. He said, uh, I'm sorry, ma'am, I did. She said, you hit my baby right in the eye. She had them quivering. One little, one little woman, she was so furious at what they had done. Do you think we're better parents than God Almighty? He cares for us. If we can do this for our children, God can do even greater. So temptation is nothing but danger. Temptation is nothing but danger. It's danger to your soul. It's danger to your health. It's danger to your mind. It's danger to your relationships. Temptation is danger. Period. As a father, I will not let danger approach my children without me being there. If I see danger approaching, you better believe I'm going to be there. God is a greater father. He's a greater mother. I know you would do the same thing. He's a greater father. He's a greater mother than we are. So God's not there to condemn us. When we're tempted, He's there to cheer us on. I'm about to wrap up if you want to come back to the music. I've got a very main point, the whole foundation of what I'm trying to say here. I said all this to get you to understand the point that I'm trying to make. First Corinthians chapter 10 and 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. Me and my wife came to church tonight. She came with me. When I got here, she showed up at the exact same time. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bury it. This verse is the very foundation of the point that I'm trying to make tonight. So anytime I've ever been tempted, immediately when temptation shows up, I feel a little tug at my heart. And I used to think that this was just my conscience. But what I came to realize was it's not just my conscience. Because God said, with the temptation, I'll make a way of escape. So when temptation shows up, God shows up. Not to make me listen, 
He's there to cheer me on. So instead of having to face this temptation and be drawn into this temptation and turn my back on God, it's so much easier to defeat this temptation when I turn my back on it and get closer to God. He is my way of escape. He is our way of escape. No matter what you struggle with tonight, He is there to help you escape. He is there to help you carry that load. He will not put more on you than you can bear. So I realize I can fight this thing by myself. Or I can just get close to God. Each time you resist this temptation and it goes away, the next time it comes back, you don't have the strength that it had the time before. I'm going to tell you how to be an overcomer tonight. That thing's going to come back from time to time. That's the tempter's job. But every time you draw close to God, it gets weaker and weaker. God's not here to condemn us. He's here to cheer us on. And when temptation is present, so is our Heavenly Father. He's always with us, even in our hour of temptation. Remember, it's referred to as the hour of temptation for a reason because it's a period of time that it has to go. So I just want to ask everybody in here tonight, if you would, those that are able, if you would just come to this altar with me. If there's anything in your life that you struggle with, just know that when you turn from that temptation, the closer you get to God, the further away you're going to get from that sin, that temptation, that world. And He's going to give you the strength that you need to overcome and be an overcomer. Would you join me in this altar tonight and let's pray as one unit, as one body that He would help us as the body tonight.